She's Tori. And he's Nick. And this is I Want to Rewatch. An X-Files adjacent podcast. In search of... The Coming Ice Age. Mm. This episode was written and produced by Phil Dauber. Dauber previously wrote and produced The Secrets of Life, which was also this season. And he will write, produce a total of nine episodes with one or two in each season going forward. Hmm. It was edited by Tim Valens with assistance by Charles Rudnick. And as always, the series is hosted and narrated by Leonard Nimoy. This episode likely aired in April of 1978, give or take a few weeks. And could have been any night of the week, really. It just kind of depends on your local affiliate. Mm-hmm. Check your local listings. Yes. <laughs> In 1977, the worst winter in a century struck the United States. Arctic cold gripped the Midwest for weeks on end. Great blizzards paralyzed cities of the Northeast. One desperate night in Buffalo, eight people froze to death in marooned cars. Pat Bushnell was on the road that night. Traffic just absolutely stopped. I was afraid of being stuck in the car all night long with the uh, cold and the wind running out of gas. And then what? I think that if we had to go through a real bad winter, just like we just went through, I think we'd have to think about moving someplace else. Move where? The brutal Buffalo winter might become common all over the United States. Climate experts believe the next ice age is on its way. According to recent evidence, it could come sooner than anyone had expected. stations in the far north, temperatures have been dropping for 30 years. Sea coasts long free of summer ice are now blocked year-round. According to some climatologists, within a lifetime, we might be living in the next ice age. This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanations, but not necessarily the only ones, to the mysteries we will examine. So I have to say, if there's going to be a coming ice age, like, fucking bring it. Because, like, seriously, like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That would actually be almost good at this point, given the situation with warming. But that's that's fine. Yeah. This episode did make me angry for reasons that will become apparent, but yeah, I did like how Nimoy was kind of like, he kind of, he, he's not, a, I took it as shit talking a little bit. He's like, cause she's, she's like, 
oh, then we'll have to move. And he's like, move where? When he comes back <laughs> to his narration. And I thought that was kind of funny. I know. Everywhere is going to be ice. So oh, where are you going to go at Bushnell? So, yeah. Yeah. But I thought that was kind of funny. So then when the episode comes in and we talk about the weather, blah, blah, blah. And we actually get a lot of um, lightning and storm B-roll from hurricanes in this. And they do a nice part. They show the, they show the lightning twice. And so one time they show it like going one direction and then it's kind of, able to do, they basically just flip it. So that it's the same like clip, but it's <laughs> in the direction, make it like a different shot, which is kind of funny, which always still makes me think of young Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. I remember when we had the hurricane episode, I mentioned that because they were all like lightning. So yeah. Thought it was funny. It's probably the best part of the episode, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this one is not great for many reasons. No, it did not age well. You had texted me that like when you watched it, you were like, Ooh, that didn't age well. And I'm like, it didn't age well the day after it was made, honestly. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And we, will, and we will talk about that. So The last Ice Age began around hundred and fifteen thousand years ago and lasted until about ten thousand years ago. So, we are told, our current warm interglacial period is an anomaly. (sighs) It's been cold in the Canadian Arctic the last few summers, and the ice hasn't completely broken up in some areas. Which, I mean, must be nice because we're lucky if anything completely ices over in the winter now. Obviously, we've just had some very hot... I think July is the hottest month we've ever had on record on the planet or something, like this past July. So, like... Yeah. Yeah. Pretty yeah. warm. Yeah. Which, I mean, we'll talk about that later. Like, you can't just use, like, one right. as a reference point, but, like, a continuing thing. Like, this one, they're like, oh, the last couple of summers, it's been really cold. It's like, okay, that's fine. But even that is, like, you can't really use that length of time to discuss something, like, because things just change right mm-hmm. you can have you can have cold spells you can have hot spells that can last multiple years but yeah mm-hmm. anyway and then we get a nice malthusian reference like our population's exploded to five billion and our planet is crowded and so oh my god i mean we're at nine billion now so <laughs> but yeah and then of course you know thomas malthus he's the whole like oh everyone's gonna die we need population explosion we can't feed people blah 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 so that was nice that was a big thing in the 70s so mm-hmm. there's a lot of bad signs in this episode it's just kind of ridiculous conflation of weather with climate and the difference between short-term and long-term trends and all that kind of stuff but then we get some ice cores Woo! Woo! Ice, cores! ice cores yeah we get lots of ice cores in the x-files so mm-hmm. yeah really ice cores in the x-files constantly we went like what two or three episodes of the x-files that have ice cores if not more than that so far yeah i'm sure there's, there's at least probably two more that i future. can immediately think of so yeah <laughs> probably more than that honestly i don't remember but Dr. Chester Langway is chairman of the geology department at the State University of New York, Buffalo. We have evidence from the ice core studies that approximately 89,000 years ago, the global climate changed from one of greater warmth than today into one of glacial severity. It is possible that a tremendous volcanic event occurred shielding the sun cooling the Earth's temperatures and thereby providing the explanation of the advancing glaciers. The significance of this catastrophic event is that 
within a hundred year period of time that the glaciers could have readvanced over the surface of the earth. It is possible that we may enter into such a cold climate almost instantaneously in the very near future. If the climate does suddenly cool, will we survive the change? I would love, honestly, I, I don't pray because I don't believe in God, but like a volcanic winter, like I would just love a vol like, you know, haunted summer, the year without a summer, like I would love that because that would actually kind of solve our, wouldn't solve our problem. Solve, the only thing that's going to solve our problem is not burning a bunch of fucking oil all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but like, yeah, something that would just kind of like, hey, give us a little break. Of course, I know what would happen if that were the case is that like it would cool down and people be like, oh, we can just burn all the fuel we want because look, it's not global warming, even though there was a giant volcano that blocked the sun kind of thing. And then when that all cleared, then we would just fucking die of heat stroke because it would get super hot again. Yeah. But, yeah. I know people really... <laughs> I don't know what happened, but and I don't know. Obviously, I wasn't around a thousand years ago or whatever. I don't know if it's always been true, but just like after COVID, my faith in people's ability to deal with the crisis is just completely shot. Like, I just don't. I think there are a lot of people who want to deal with crises, but there's so many people who just don't want to acknowledge it don't want to be involved and like i get it we're all tired and overworked and exhausted like stage capitalism is killing us all but like it's just there are just so many people who won't even make a minimal effort that like it's just kind of baffling well yeah because you don't want you don't want to sacrifice it's it's like remember when gas was well I mean, gas is super expensive now but remember like we've had these periods of like when like everyone had like hummers and shit right and then uh -huh. gas got super expensive and people were like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have a Hummer. Maybe I should get like an economical car. And because and then and then gas prices dropped and everyone was like, oh, fuck, yeah, gas prices dropped. I'm going to go out and buy like an F-350 now and shit. And it's just like people just don't like they I, uh, uh, I can't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm at a loss. I cannot just. But anyway, yeah, volcanic eruption. I would prefer because I am kind of, I try not to be a total, like, I mean, I'm a misanthrope and I'm totally for, like, voluntary extinction. Like, if the human race were to die off the planet, that would be the best thing for the planet, honestly. The planet's going to be fine. doesn't need us. But, yeah, I'm like, don't have kids. Just let human race go away because we're just a bunch of fuck-ups. But if a volcano were to explode, that would give us a little bit of a reprieve from dying of, like, it being so hot on our planet, I would kind of hope that it wouldn't kill people when it exploded. Like, you know, just somewhere off where there's no, where it's not populated. I would appreciate that. I realize that if a volcano did explode enough to actually give us a hint, there probably would be some casualties from that, like, you know, oh, crops yeah. and that kind of thing. People would suffer, but like people are going to suffer anyway if global warming and climate change continue the way it's going, which is going to, and it's going to get worse because we're not going to do anything. So... Yeah, I don't think there are real. I mean, there might be good solutions out there, but they're not cost effective, and the people who rake in the profits don't care. So, yeah, yep, we're basically fucked anyway. <laughs> yeah, not because of an ice age, though. So this episode, I guess, got one thing right, just one crucial detail very wrong. Yeah. So we come back from the commercial, and eighteen thousand years ago. Manhattan Island was buried under a mile of ice. 
Where the Hudson River flows today, there was a huge glacier. Pack ice filled the ocean off Long Island. We're only beginning to understand the cyclic history of the ice, but evidence is mounting that another ice age is due. The most persuasive data comes from beneath the sea. The research ship Vima sails the world's oceans, taking samples of sediments deposited long ago. So then we learn that scientists are taking this scientific vessel out to sea and they are lowering these like large tubes into the ocean. I don't know. They can't be very deep in the water. I was really trying to figure out how this works, but like, I don't think I have a great understanding of it, but they basically lower these big tubes into the seabed, like at the bottom of the ocean and they pull them back up and it gives them this core of mud from the bottom of the ocean. So they can see the layers of sediment that have been created over the years. And they're like, they're all like these shirtless scientists dudes. Cause I guess it's hot. And, and they're all just like shirtless and trying to bring up this long tube and then like extract the mud core. I don't know. I thought it was pretty funny. actually. Yeah. I don't know if those guys are scientists. Those guys might just be guys on the ship. I don't know. They might be, but, but like no one's wearing yeah. a shirt and they're doing science. And I just thought it was funny. Yeah. Shirtless <laughs> science. Let's bring back shirtless science. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Yeah. And then through the mud core, I was actually a little bit confused because I'm like, how can you tell temperatures from like the mud on the bottom? Isn't like the bottom of the ocean be like the place where you would have the least information about the temperature of the planet, but because the temperature of the water and they can look at the fossil stuff and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. The cores are analyzed at the Lamont Doherty Geological Laboratory of Columbia University. Dr. James Hayes leads the research. The climatic record in these deep sea cores tells us that there have been eight ice ages in the last 700,000 years. It also tells us when they have occurred. This provides us with a test of various theories of the ice ages. We now have a theory that tells us that changes in the shape of the Earth's orbit act as a pacemaker for the Ice Age succession. Since this theory can precise, precisely predict when ice ages occurred in the past, which can be tested against these deep sea cores, it also can predict when ice ages will occur in the future. From this theory, we can say with confidence that we are currently heading toward another ice age. And he's wrong because predicting events in the past is not the same as predicting events in the future. Like variables are called variables for a reason. Like past ice ages didn't have to deal with the fact that like we're burning tons and tons of oil. So like all those anthropogenic changes weren't in the environment. Yeah. So. And they say something about how like the coldest period in whatever was this ice age thing, but like, and now the earth is like, it's, you know, warmer or whatever. And they talk about like how the earth has never been this warm. I don't know. But like, that's not true because obviously back in like the Cretaceous period, they had like a really warm period. And just, I mean, they're historically well, billions of years ago. I mean, and before that, the planet was basically one giant lava pit. So it was right. But then. I mean, even once life was here, we've had <laughs> yeah. like really warm, hot periods on the planet. So that's not the problem is not that the planet has never been hot. The problem is the planet is being unnaturally heated by human action that is not going to be conducive to human life. 
Yeah. It's also anyway. a problem because if you only took your, like, if you didn't know anything else and you only listened to this episode, even the information in this episode is like, it's contradictory. Like, the logic doesn't make sense. Because, right. like, they tell us, like, oh, we had this ice age. And then the ice age was possibly like boosted by this, you know, maybe a volcanic event, right? Which made it even colder than it would have been. And then the ice age lasted for like a hundred thousand years. And then we've had this 10,000 years of thing. And then they're like, oh, like 18,000 years ago, New York City was under a mile of ice. And then, and then they're like, that change could happen in our single lifetime. You're like, no, you can't. You just told us like it took a hundred thousand years to build up a mile of ice over New York City. Like that's right. not going to change in our lifetime. It's just not. Like yeah, yeah we could have possible. an ice age. It could get super fucking cold, but it's not going to be like that. Like I just, oh, it just irritates yeah. Me. I mean, geological changes are never that quick. It's never in a single human lifetime. <laughs> no, that's that's why there's a thing called like geological time, right? Like they mm -hmm. talk about that, and so. And we're like a blip in that humanity. And it's just like, it's just, I don't know. It's like, if you just listen to this episode, they keep like, they'll say something. And then like five minutes later, they'll be like, oh, but this is, and you're like, that, but you just said this. <laughs> yeah, How that does doesn't that... track with what you already said. So yeah, it's just, oh, it's irritating. Yeah. And then we get a list of cities with their low temperatures. Because, you know, I mean, we've been talking about Buffalo mainly. Buffalo, it's always fucking cold in Buffalo in the winter. Always. I get it. That was a really bad blizzard in 77. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you always hear about bu Buffalo is like the poster child for like feet of snow, like constantly. So, and again, like a single winter is not evidence of an ice age approaching. And then we listen to Pat Bushnell. I don't know who, I don't, she's got to know, like someone knows her. I don't know why she's in this episode. Like they just keep going back to her. Mm -hmm. Pat Bushnell remembers how the Buffalo storm began. It was terrible. It was the worst winter that we have ever, ever had around here. When I left work, knowing it was bad, but still thinking I could get home, uh, gone maybe oh, three miles from work and realized that the roads were closed at that point. You couldn't walk. The wind coming right off the lake at that point is right in downtown Buffalo was so brutal that you just couldn't walk. So I sat for a while, just sat and waited in the car, and finally, you know, realized that it was hopeless. The thought of freezing to death, that's kind of uh, frightening. My worst fear at that point was the children. I was worried sick about them. They were in the house alone. That was the biggest worry. To go through that every year just wouldn't be worth the fight. And it's a fight. It's a real fight. I was going to really, like, be upset with Pat Bushnell because, like, she talks about how, like, oh, and I was really worried because my kids were home alone. And I'm like, why the fuck are your kids home alone in the middle of a blizzard, lady? What are you doing? Why are you out in your car? She does say, though, she was coming home from work. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking, like, that she doesn't have control of that. But I'm like, why don't you let people go home early, like, when there's going to be, like, a huge... I know. Well, storm. so, like, but, God, five or six years ago, I can't remember when because I wasn't living here, but Tahoe had a really... I mean, we had a really bad winter this year, too. But they had, like, a really terrible winter, and there was, like, this storm. And they told people, do not go to Tahoe this weekend. You're not going to be able to pass the summit. Like, it's not going to happen. And people just fucking ignored it and got in their cars and, like, drove up Echo Summit and had to, like, abandon their cars at, like, Strawberry because, like, there was nowhere, 
like you could not get through the road. It was impassable because of the snow. And so like there were just cars blocking the whatever, like the whole little highway and like people like had to like walk and like, I don't know, it was just such a disaster. And it's like people just don't fucking I don't understand it. And it's like in Seattle, so many people like when it snows have to still go to work and they still want you to go to work. And it's like, well, but it's supposed to snow six inches. So if I go all the way to work to like Redmond, for example, if you're working at maybe like, uh, I don't know, Nintendo and you go to Redmond and you have or to drive Is it Microsoft and Redmond too? Yeah, Microsoft's in Redmond. But yeah. like if you're commuting, I just, I happen to work for Nintendo. I know, I did. Yeah, so, I know. <laughs> and it's fun to say I worked for Nintendo, even though it was a really dumb customer service job. But um. I help people fix their Nintendo. It's me, Tori. Uh, <laughs> th- it ends with a phone like that, right? It's me, Tori. No, no, but there were pictures of like Mario and all the characters like everywhere, and there was a cool like employee store where you could get discounts and just buy a Nintendo shit. And there was a cool cafe oh. called Cafe Mario. Anyway, but that's not the point. The point is like I had to go to work, and like I was like, okay, but like it's gonna snow six inches, and I live forty minutes away from Redmond, so like how am I gonna get home? And they just they don't care. And so by the time you leave work, I ended up having to leave two hours early and it took me like three hours to get home because there was like two inches of slush on the freeway and, you know, it was going really slow and it was dangerous as fuck. And I'm just like, I don't understand. It's just, again, it's late stage capitalism. It's like, it's more important to like be at work than be safe. And it's so short sighted and stupid and I hate it. Yeah. So, I also anyway. wonder, we ne- we never get a clarification of how, because, I mean, like, she's talking about how, like, oh, I was in my car and it got stranded and, like, I was getting low on gas and, like, you know, can you try to, you know, you're, you're keep your car going so the heater's going right so you don't freeze to death kind of thing. And people did die, as we heard yes. in the opening. And she's like, and you couldn't get out of your car because the wind was blowing so much that it was too cold and, you know, too much wind and so you couldn't walk. But we don't get an answer of, like, how, why, like, did she just stay in her car and just luckily didn't freeze to death or did she no, get out I think and she walk said that she got out of the car but we don't get any clarification to how she got home so yeah. i don't know if she was able to get to a different road and someone was able to give her a ride or if she just walked and suffered through i don't know how far she was from home so we don't have any real indication of how that yeah, and i'm gonna assume out. maybe she was a single parent that's why her kids were home by themselves i mean it was you know Gen X kids, right? You're, mm-hmm. You were home by yourself. It was super cool. But yeah. So yeah, that was another thing I thought about. I should maybe not give her shit about leaving her kids at home because like. Yeah, because she was probably stuck having to go to work, even though they knew the blizzard was coming. I mean, it's just that's. Well, and just also like, I mean, I'm a Gen Xer. You're you're really borderline. I think you're probably more of a Gen Xer than a millennial, <laughs> but you know, whatever. You're Barely on, you're, a millennial. You're on, you're, you're on that border of like I Gen am. X and millennial. And it's like. And my mom was a single parent and we were home alone all the time. Like I would get home from school and then my brothers would get home. And then when Andrew was in the same school, like we would get home and Richie would get home later. Like we would just take the bus and walk home, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And it was kind of, well, and and even if your mom wasn't a single parent and was able to stay home, like you would still be allowed to go do shit, I assume. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. as opposed to having like a helicopter parent. So, which is nice. So, yeah, I kind of was rethinking my giving her shit about that. Because one, she probably didn't have any choice. Yeah. Like, no, your boss is like, no, you're going to come to work. She's like, but it's going to be. I don't know. Anyway, she kind of annoyed me a little bit. So I don't know her. Well, they focus a lot on her. And again, like, I get that the point is this was a terrible historic blizzard. It was. 
doesn't mean that anything about what's going to happen in the next 10 years, 10,000 years, you know, it doesn't really have any relation to that. Cause like you said, it's just a small sample size. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Well, there's another stuff that happened around that time too. We'll talk about that at the end, but uh, yeah. And then we go through a list of like what it would be like if it gets colder and colder and colder and they start like shouting out and they shout out the San Joaquin Valley, which is where I grew mm-hmm. up. So that's cool. You know, cause it would freeze over and then all the food production would stop and food prices would go super high and people wouldn't have food and just blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. If an ice age is coming, what can we do to stop it? Nuclear energy might be used to loosen polar ice caps. Sea ice could be melted by covering it with black soot to increase the absorption of sunlight. Dr. Steven Schneider is a climatologist from the National Center for Atmospheric Research. Can we do these things? Yes. But will they make things better? I'm not sure. We can't predict with any certainty what's happening to our own climatic future. How can we come along and intervene then in that ignorance? You could melt the ice caps. What would that do to the coastal cities? The cure could be worse than the disease. Would that be better or worse than the risk of an ice age? If the polar ice melted completely, sea level would rise 180 feet. New Orleans, San Francisco, and New York would be submerged. Clearly, one of the future's great problems will be to survive the next ice age. And just so, like, remember, like, the climatic event of 89,000 years ago may have been a massive volcanic eruption. So, like, that could happen, like, today, or it could never happen. And so you can't base, like, when the next ice age is coming on that. Like, it's just, I don't know. And... I do like the fact that Schneider is like, we could do, because geoengineering is something we talk about now to like, uh-huh. you know, actually stop the heating. Uh, here they're talking about like, we could do engineering. We could melt the ice caps so that it will be <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> He's like, We're no, like maybe, no, maybe we no. should do that. Don't do that. That's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. It was weird though, because they, he talks about that. It was like, well, we could actually melt the ice caps. Like, we don't know what could happen if we try and mess with stuff, right? And then, so then they have this litany of like, what would happen with the ice caps. But then, like, immediately they go to, and so clearly one of the future's greatest problems is being able to survive the next ice age. And it was just like, you're just like on the theme. Like, you're not letting go. Like, we were just talking about how, like, if we melt all the ice, like all the cities are going to be underwater. And then this, it, it's just, I understand this episode just made me upset. So mm-hmm. yeah. So then we're going to come back from commercial, but I want everyone to pay very close attention to Schneider's audio and then ask yourself how it fits into this episode. Earth, water, air, and ice comprise a delicate system in which everything is connected to everything else. It's the interaction between people and climate that worry me the most because with everyone jammed in in countries, locked in in national boundaries, a change in climate means a redistribution of where the rain is, where the growing seasons are. My worst fear 
is that the climate could induce a change in some country that would be devastating to their local survivability, and that would lead them to desperate acts that can drag everybody else down. In the past, weather disasters have fostered a spirit of mutual concern. When drastic changes in our climate occur, hopefully, the same acts of courage and cooperation will prevail. So did you hear him say anything about Ice Age in that clip, Tori? No. No, I didn't. No. It sounded like he was talking about just climate change in general. But yeah, yeah. I have a feeling that when he because he does mention it in the pre-commercial bit where we have him and he's talking about the geoengineering stuff. And he's like, you know, yeah, that could be an answer to I, you know. But I think he was just answering a question they asked him about the Ice Age stuff. And then he went into like actual stuff because he is a well. We'll get into that. We'll get into that in the end here. So I do think it's weird how like they use the blizzard of seventy seven with some cherry pick data to confirm like oh look how cold it is and so there's definitely an ice age coming and yet today when it's like record heat record heat record heat. Everyone was like, oh, well, you can't use that information. That's just, that's, that's just, that's just what happens. Like there's seasonal changes. We've, that's not a trend. There's no heating trend. Mm -hmm. And just, it's just, it just goes to show like you can just, you, you cherry pick and you find evidence you want to meet what you're talking mm -hmm. about. Yeah. Because interestingly, in the summer of 77, which was right after the blizzard of 77, it was a record-breaking heat wave in New York City and the East Coast. Oh. And the year prior to that, in the summer of 76, was a record-breaking heat wave in Europe and the UK. And actually, we are now actually, like, when people are talking about, like, the records breaking in, like, the East Coast, they are still referring to 1977 because it was, like, those were, like, times that actually were, like, super hot. They were, like, just record events. And so oh, that time period, things were just nuts right then. Like, things were crazy. So, but with the exception of James Hayes, pretty much everyone in this episode would actually later go on to write or was already writing, like in the case of Snyder, about the dangers of global warming due to greenhouse gas emissions from fossil fuel consumption, mm -hmm. not a coming ice age. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting that In Search Of is talking about a coming ice age when much like now, there's a general consensus of what was going on, but then there are a few people talking about something else, and then this is what the, the episode is, some, something else. And there's actually some evidence that the planet would be going through a cooling period now, not approaching an ice age, but would be going through a cooling period now, and that that is a natural cycle that happens, and it's possible that actually may be minimizing the effects of global warming, even though we're having problems, we could be having much greater problems. Oh. And so it's actually just kind of dragging out the inevitable because when that period passes, again, we're going to be fucked. So it's mm -hmm. kind of similar to like the whole volcanic thing. Like we could have a volcano that would like cool us off for a year or two 
but then when that period passes we're screwed <laughs> so i really encourage everyone to read the documents and show notes especially the last four show notes this episode is basically a poster child from 45 years ago of what we're doing today in regards to scientific, economic, and political issues where the public is either giving the more interesting, usually incorrect narrative, or is force-fed a fictional two-sides narrative, and it's fucked, and we're doomed, and we deserve it because it's our fault. So, yeah, pessimistic, but it's just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I looked up some stuff. I, you and I found the same article on Scientific American, but I was just curious, like, how much people believed in global cooling in the 70s and there was just like one article in newsweek that like people still cite today like all the the assholes you would think when you think of people who are denying everything and you know conspiracy theorists and stuff they still cite this like short one page article in newsweek about how the ice age is coming and it's like it was the guy who wrote it is like eh I was just quoting some stuff. I thought it was an interesting story. We maybe sensationalized it a bit because we were Newsweek, but like I'd, I've written, I wrote a lot about like other climate change too, but that's the one that everyone just, you know, cites because it proves their ice age point. So again, like Nick was saying, you can find evidence for anything, but you really have mm -hmm. to consider the sources and like how that information really stacks up to like the actual information and data we have. Yeah, because I was really curious to look up the scientists in this episode. We actually get like, like I think there's like four scientists that we focused on in this episode. Mm -hmm. And so I was really interested to see like, well, what did they go on to do? And I can say with the exception of James Hayes, and he's the guy with the mustache, right? Definitely confident that there's an Ice Age coming kind of thing. Pretty much his claim to fame is like the paper he wrote saying that and then like couldn't really find anything else about him. But everyone else, again, was very, and like some of them have like, like environmental awards named after them, like for their science and contributions and shit to like trying to like give the public information about climate change and like preventing it. The only person I couldn't really f figure out, like Schneider, like I, I do think Schneider was answering a question about the Ice Age bit yeah. in that first part, because then later he doesn't bring it up at all, but they use that like almost like out of context to mm -hmm. discuss like, oh, if because it's true like if there was an ice age there'd be, there'd be a lot of problems too right but i think yeah we're talking about like just climate change itself because like the things he's mentioning are the same things we talk about now like you know resources and conflict and people suffering because they can't get like you know food and water and that kind of thing which would be the case if it was an ice age too but in that clip yeah. i just thought it very interesting that he does not mention the ice age at all he's just talking about climate change and then when i looked at him it was like a lot of stuff about just climate change and like fossil fuels and all that stuff. Like even in the seventies, he was doing that. Mm -hmm. So I just thought it was interesting. They talked to him, but Gifford Miller, the first guy we meet who's up in the Canadian Arctic. And he's the one talking about how like, you know, it's been cold for several years and that kind of thing. I couldn't figure out where, he, cause he also like later was like big on like climate change and like the planet is warming and that kind of stuff. And he's, you know, he became like he's he's got a lot of credits and he's, you know, had a long career and and I just couldn't figure out like what he was doing. That was like he got his PhD like like in seventy five. So this is like really early in his career. No. Okay. And so I'm wondering if like this is just he was focused on and so he was like, Yeah, it's been really cold here. But I just like the way he's talking about how like I think the warming trend has ended and I was just, I was just trying to reconcile like what he was saying in the episode because he explicitly 
is focused on the fact that it's going to start getting colder, like the warming trend is over. And so I guess he was, he was just mistaken. Like, because yeah, I mean, back. people change their minds, especially this is a thing with science. I know you and I've talked about it before, but like science is about learning and taking in new evidence and maybe changing your conclusion. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes you, you come up with it. Like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So and in search of has done that thing before too that you and I have pointed out a couple times where it definitely seems like someone is answering a specific question, but maybe that's not exactly what they believe. Like they're referring to whatever is being asked directly, but it's not something like it's being kind of spun in a way that makes it sound like they're saying something else. I think yeah. we've noticed that on a couple episodes in the past too. Yeah, there's definitely been some where like yeah, when I, especially when I look people when I look people up later. And are like, oh wow, their career is like the opposite of what this episode is about. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think they went to them because they knew about it, and then just, yeah, you, you, I mean, that's what happens. You hear about that all the time now with people who, like, a lot of people, like, a lot of times, apparently, a lot of these shows have trouble getting like skeptics or whatever on episodes because no one wants to go on those shows anymore because they get edited. Like, you know, they talk to you for like two hours and they put like a little five minute clip in. And where it looks like you're agreeing with them, even though it's out of context. And so a lot right. of people won't go on them because you, you go on there in the hope that you will be like giving like scientific information and then you get edited down to make it sound like you agree with whatever the, the mm-hmm. concept of the show was. So exactly. It's a problem. Yeah, it is. And, it's a know, big problem. And it may be that this is where it started. Who knows? My, <laughs> oh, I think the, it's been happening since before in con- search of. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, but in search of was really the first big show like this that did this mm-hmm. and when you talk to people like in search of was a lot of in search of is especially i mean gen xer right but when you if you listen like to paranormal stuff or read paranormal stuff you'll hear that like a lot of people got into it because of in search of and just that time period and then it just spawned from that and that that spawned all the stuff that now like you know the, the younger generation is all into and so it just it just kind of carried forth so it's, it's the conflict of loving in search of for being ridiculous. But at the same time, you're like, God damn it. What did you do? <laughs> so, yeah. And again, sometimes I just wonder like, what the, f- like Leonard Nimoy just taking that paycheck. I'm like, mm, okay, okay. I get it. So yeah, <laughs> he's not a scientist. He doesn't know. They just put a script in front of him. Yeah. But, I mean, he was into conservation and stuff, especially like, you know, whales and the oceans and not destroying the planet. I think he was. Whales? How would you know that he was into whales? I, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe because of the best movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember any whales in Flash Gordon, but we've talked about that before. Star Trek so, Korea. Yeah. And he, uh, in his book, I Am Spock, which is one of my favorite books. So <laughs> that's, that's his second one, right? After that's he... his second one because his first one was I Am Not Spock. Again, changing your conclusions because <laughs> you get more evidence. It happens. Yeah. People yeah. change their minds. It's fine. Yeah. It's like when people would ask um, Adam West if he was upset about the fact that he got like typecast after being in Batman. He was like, Are you kidding? Like being typecast is like the best thing could ever happen to you. Like <laughs> you know, I, I mean I can see it. It depends, right? Because if like if Batman hadn't been a thing that carried on, like, you know, that could be the end of your career, right? Because then no one will cast you in something else. So like with Max in the X Files, right? Yeah. I mean, in like a microcosm, he was typecast as Max in the X Files, and even though he wanted to be in other episodes, they wouldn't they wouldn't cast him because they're like, no, people are gonna know you. They know you as Max. You can't be in an episode. Yeah. So. Well, because you can you imagine them casting him as like some FBI agent or security officer or something, and then there would just be 
endless conversations about how Max was, you know, brainwashed by the aliens and thinks he's an FBI agent or Max is working with, you know, the government to hide aliens. I don't know. It would just spiral. Well, and also like putting aside like being able to act, he he has a distinctive look. Yes, like, he does. He's not one of these people who just kind of like blends in, you know. And so I think that would be difficult too. Even if he was like the world's greatest actor, it would be, you know, mm-hmm. it would have to like you know, dye his hair. What are you going to do to make it let's not realize it's him? So yeah, but yeah, coming Ice Age. Whew, wish because <laughs> happening. Yeah, uh, I mean, either way is not great, but it would be nice if things would stop heating up. Yeah, but I really, I really hope that people look at some of the stuff that we link to. Especially yeah. if you're only going to read one thing, like maybe the Scientific American link that we have. Also, the Ars Technica one is a really good because they really go into the whole media aspect there and how the media just like latched on to like something that was interesting. And they go into the whole like people knew, you know, and they go into like, you know, the oil companies trying to. Mm-hmm. cover up stuff too so it's just a nice well-rounded thing but the scientific american one is also great but yeah the last the last four i would suggest for sure one of them is just a wikipedia article about the whole global cooling thing but yeah so there's a bulletin from the american meteorological society from september <laughs> 2008 and then we've got the scientific american article from 2014 and the ars technica which i think is 2016 i believe so okay cool yeah yeah read those and then maybe apply those two things you hear nowadays so that's going to be my my scientific literacy like promotion of just like when you hear things nowadays like think about who's telling you and why they might be telling you that so Mm -hmm. because we're fucked (sighs) sorry yeah yeah so eat some cake or something this weekend i don't know have a drink yeah, I don't know. As someone who really needs to get back in shape and is, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like maybe or maybe don't have cake, but you know, yeah, maybe one time you can't, you can't just cut it out entirely because then you'll just crave it and it'll be bad. Moderation, but yeah, yeah, oh, of course, yeah, yeah. I just mean if we're all fiddling on the deck of the Titanic, then you know. I mean, obviously, there's it's not you know nothing's immediate. Again, geological time. This stuff takes time, but it's just not. Yeah, you still got trending in live. a good direction. Yeah, let's try not to be super negative, but just acknowledge the fact that we're fucked. So, if anything, <laughs> I'd say don't have kids because think about the you know you can be like, well, I'm going to educate my kids properly, and you know what, everyone has said that, and then look where we're at. So, you can't control it once it's out in the world. So. Okay, we gotta go. This is getting depressing. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I Want to Rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded in collaboration with Black Cat and Orange Tuxedo Studios. Episode production design and editing is by Lazy and Productions. Our music is Dark Science by David Hillowitz. And the truth is what we make of it by the agrarians. I Want to Rewatch is where we talk about the X-Files and X-Files adjacent television and films. If you like what we're doing, check out our show notes for ways to support the podcast. And of course, tell a friend. We'd love to have them join us. Speaking of which, be sure to join us next time. And together, we'll try to figure out if if the the truth truth is is still out there. Winter is coming. 
Seven minutes. Cool. <laughs> All right. I guess we might as well just jump into the next one, right? You don't need to take a break. Do you want to? Take no, a break? I'm good. Okay. Let me close that. <clears throat> Clear be, my throat. There. Less... Try and get some of this gunk out. Jeez. This one will be less ranty, so that's good. Yeah. Um. Wait. What did I just close? Because I just closed something, but the coming ice age is still open. What the <laughs> hell? What did I have open? Oh, I had the coming ice age open twice. Apparently. Okay. Oh, weird. Weird. Yeah, okay, close that one too. Okay. <laughs> All right.